Hold a seat at the bar to join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files series. Hosts Tans and Jess and me bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and diehard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 12.14, Love Killed the Dinosaurs, where we are covering the novel Blood Rites. My name is Tansen, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. You know in some movies how they have a dream sequence, only they don't tell you it's a dream? This is so not a dream. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 20. Dresden Awakens in the Wraith Household. Thomas and Harry have a difficult meeting and Harry decides he wants to leave. As he's preparing to go, Inari is triggered into trying to use Harry as her first feeding, but is protected by Susan's love. Harry works through his anger and is able to have a proper talk where Harry learns him and Thomas have something in common. (laughs) The chapter starts with like the saddest description of little Harry being excited for special days that are clearly going to be later sources of pain for him. I'm like, oh God. It's a terrible premonition. I think he sums it up very nicely. My little voice is some kind of psycho. <laughs> right, so Harry goes on to start this chapter mentioning how he's got a couple of moments in his life when he has woken up and just absolutely known today is going to be a day. Some way, somehow. Most of us have experienced in some form or another. Not me. I don't think I've ever you woken mean- up and thought, oh, today will be different than all other days. No, but that you're expecting it to be a special day. Okay, maybe for birthdays and Christmas and things, yeah, you're like, oh, today's better than all of the days. But he I don't say that, that the I've day ever was had. going to be. He's like, that today is a special day. Like, exactly. Most of us waking up on Christmas morning, you're like, oh, there's going to be presents and stuff. Or, you know. Maybe in that way, but I, I wouldn't consider that special. I just would, that's expected specialness. Yeah, Christmas is fun when you're a kid. It's just, you know, as an adult, though, I've worked most Christmases of my adult life. <laughs> yeah, service industry. Like, <laughs> I guess. I mean, maybe. I took it more as that exactly that, whether it is or not. But again, most of us, especially as kids, like Christmas, you're like, oh, there's going to be something special about it because it's Christmas. And I'm going on a cruise today. I, he, I'm flying to Europe. You, you right? You did that. Really, I just, just like, you felt special when you didn't tell your family and went to New York and then posted pictures of it. Yeah, right? Was there no little. That was a special day. Where's, where's your little psycho <laughs> voice that told you to do that? I'm, I get what you're saying, but to me, that's not a premonition. That's just, I planned all those things. I knew it was going to be Christmas. I knew it was going to be my birthday. I knew I was going to New York or Europe or wherever the fuck I went. I didn't have this little voice be like, oh my God, you don't know it yet, but it's going to be really special. I've just, I've never woken up and been like, 
had a gut feeling. I don't know why, but today is going to be different. I guess it's sort of half and half. Like, yeah, he is saying that there's sort of... Because part of me was always just the way he says it. Again, he's like that today's a special day. Like for a lot of kids, it happens on like birthdays or Christmas, right? But I'm like, yeah, I guess he's saying sort of an extra level to that. Yeah, it wasn't every Christmas, but this one particular Christmas when his dad was still around or the day that, you know, but yeah, I guess sort of maybe. I just don't have gut feelings and just take life as it comes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I don't know if I've had a lot of premonition, but I guess, uh, yeah, I definitely have. Times when I have anticipated things or, again, get excited about... Anticipation, absolutely. I've definitely been excited for things and been yeah. like, oh my god, how can I even sleep? This is going to be awesome or whatever. I just don't think there's anything that's like outside of my own expectations of the day. I'm like, hey, you, it's going to be a day. Yeah. Well, I guess and if I you're looking at it purely from like a premonition sort of way, then no. But Which, which no, I probably I, took it a little less than. I, like, yeah, I think I took it a little bit more just, again, that, oh my God, today's going to be like so awesome. Or there's like just some little feeling that you, right. something special but, is going to, you just don't know exactly what or how that's going to play out in the end. I can see your point, Jess, when you're looking at it from that, that point of view where it's yeah. just like, hmm, no, I don't think I've ever, yeah. looking at it from that point of view, I don't think I've ever like woken up and been like, something magical is going to happen today. Yes, yeah, no. If anything, it's more anxious. Sometimes you're just filled with anxiety. You can't explain. You're like, hey, what's going on? Why am I so anxious? Oh, that I get a lot. That I know. (laughs) I would understand that a lot. There's been times when I've been like, where is this coming from? I feel horrible. What is, I must have just read or seen something that just made me feel Is that that thing that other people interpret as that? (laughs) (laughs) Other people read it as a good feeling. What is it like to be healthy? I don't know. It's just like finding out like that whole thing with like astigmatism, those, those rings around lights I see, like not everybody sees that. Oh, that's a defect in my vision. Oh, yeah, shit like that, right? I'm like, okay, now I know. <laughs> that's also finding out people don't picture a movie when they read. Like, yeah. Wait, why? No wonder you don't like doing it. Right? What was it? Oh, just read. Oh, Kenzie. It was really funny talking with my other daughter the other day, and I forget how we came across it, but talking about, anyway, she watches a lot of like YouTube videos and things like that. And I don't, me and Jess watch like TV shows and Critical Role, read our books and stuff like that, right? And Kenzie watches more real life things. And I've always had much less tolerance for that. I can get an episode or two of like Jerry Springer and then I'm like, okay, I'm good again for a year or something like that, you know, and reality shows, same thing. There's not very many of them that I can tolerate for very long. It just, and so this was really interesting because apparently Jessica and Mackenzie were talking and she was, because Mackenzie's been going through some of this anxiety and having trouble sleeping and blah, 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 right? And Jess is like, well, this is why me and mom read our books and listen to our stories. And she's like, yeah, but that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't get it. And Jessica's like, well, we don't get why you read all like this, this real life stuff or whatever, right? Which is this very interesting conversation. Apparently how it went, I don't know exactly, but the way Jessica explained it. remember. Well, because I had to amend his light because she's like, you and Jessica basically live in this fantasy world. She's like, I like to live in the real world. And it was just the first time, like, okay, I do know what reality is, right? Like, I don't. It was just like the way she was talking about it first made it just be like, we just completely ignore reality. We just make up our own. Like, that's not entirely untrue. It's not entirely untrue. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I, I, like, you know, I do know the difference between like reality and fantasy, right? She's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, but it was like literally like this whole thing. She's like, that's what me and mom do to cope with things. We just live in our fantasy worlds. And I'm like, okay, yes, but. <laughs> 
We take refuge in. I don't live there. Speak for yourself. I've checked out years ago. <laughs> you know, but exactly. It's like, yeah, I, yeah. And this is why we do a podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Got it. I was like, yes, it's more fun for me to think there's a world out there. Like, yeah, maybe tomorrow I'll wake up with superpowers or magical powers and my life will be much better. Whereas me telling my roommate that we really got to cut out the political conversation because I don't like it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> too much, too real. It's just, yeah, it was, yeah, but Kenzie's like, I have such a hard time with that. She's like, I don't understand why that's interesting. Cause she's like, it's fake. It's not real. And I'm like, but that's why it's better because the real world is depressing. Sam, she's like, uh, yeah, she's like, well, I'd rather watch other people having worse lives than I am <laughs> so that I can, you know, so it's like, where we take pleasure in like, I'm not, I'm not like, shot and fright to a whole other level, right? We're like, yeah, I want to read like the happy things. <laughs> really, what you got to understand about my sister, she's got absolutely zero respect for me or any of the things that I enjoy in this life. So if you overlap in things that you enjoy, with me she's got zero respect for you <laughs> oh i already knew that yeah. so harry wakes up a rough mess in a large bed <laughs> yeah pretty much been there done that. A lot. so he wakes up starving but unfortunately all the girls have already been eaten <laughs> <laughs> and that can be taken anyway <laughs> 70s porn pic. Yeah. And oh, despite, yeah, despite being covered in, you know, gore and panties, he, <laughs> he decides he's just going to emerge into the house anyways. And just thinking in your own home, if you've got family or something, you're in, yeah, sure, Harry's lived alone for a long time, but you're going to be checking hallways and things depending on your state of undress anyways. And Harry's just like, a house filled with vampires and I'm covered in blood. Yeah, let me just walk out the door. They're not those kind of vampires, though. They don't care about the blood. Just seems a little bit like this is the place where you want to be always looking your best and on top of your game and not at all like a victim. See, no. He hasn't had a coffee yet, though. Well, that's part right. Brain's not engaged. But also, no, because this is the sex vampire house. So looking your best and being at the top of your game is going to make you prime. <laughs> you do want to so be smelly. Hopefully covered in gore with your messed up hair and your unshaven face and your You're right. I'm smells idiot. dubious, you know, right? Like he's like, yeah, stay away from me. You do not want to. <laughs> Luckily, smarter people than him have locked him in this room. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, even the whole, yeah, he's like, I slip out into the main room, and he's like, there wasn't a corpse in the pit or anything, but I guess that's what the driver was for. It's, like, nice to know that while you, like, passed out hardcore, it was all cleaned up already, and... Again, it was not some bloody, violent death. Well, that too. Okay, it was basically just picking up the body. It, it well, it is, and I get that. Death by orgasm. But like I say, right, that, yeah, it has already all been disposed of and tidied away and whatever, you know, like... Because isn't, like, the, the French call orgasm le, le petit, petit mot? Yeah. So this is, like, the, le grand le mot? Grand, yeah, right. <laughs> the, the forever and ever, the, <laughs> the not so petit, yeah. <laughs> uh, he decides he's going to knock through this door using a spell, but right before he does that, like, Thomas opens up. Yeah. One more second, like, Thomas, I swear to God. I guess it's Hulk time. <laughs> 
And I like, we have this conversation about like doors and things. I swear exactly. Harry's like, I ain't going to go for the door because that's where it's all like reinforced and shit. I'm going to blow out the drywall next to the door because <laughs> that's way easier. The wraiths have enough money to remodel anyway, so I don't even feel bad. <laughs> oh, no, he wouldn't for one second. But yeah, yeah, as he says, he basically lines up and takes aim right next to it. It's like, we've been there. We've had this discussion. You know, my forget own. about what's more don't not reinforced. He's just a dick. He's <laughs> so no easy to reinstall a door, but no, put a giant hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's Hopefully not. this isn't load supporting. Fuck it. Oh, I'm sorry. You want me to lock in? Let me just see if I can make the biggest mess possible. Don't just, worry about that foundation. <laughs> that's the thing. In, in another universe, he's locked into this room and just decides to go tornado and just upends all the furniture and destroys everything that way. <laughs> fuck you guys. Make your life harder. Just fuck you. But I don't like, okay, but how does he know this? So he's been locked in. He doesn't mentioned making note of this when he was on the other side of the door bringing thomas in but he's like i opened the door to leave but it was locked i checked but it was using at least a pair of key only padlocks and maybe some kind of emergency bolt as well there's no way if it's a key only padlock this shit ain't locked from the inside so how would he know it's a key only padlock if it's on the outside of the door says nothing about having a people says nothing about having a window in this door says nothing about him noticing this i'm like there ones that like have like the key on both sides like but that wouldn't be a padlock that's a deadbolt like and he says some kind of emergency bolt as well which i feel is more like your deadbolt type but i have never heard that called a padlock to me a padlock is a padlock is a padlock which means this thing has to be locked from the outside with a padlock. So how the fuck does Harry know there's like two fucking padlocks on the outside of the door? Well, if, unless you could just open it slightly and like feel the jangle of it, you know, catching on the padlock. Maybe, but I dispute this because the emergency bolt, whether you take it yeah. as like a bolt bolt or like a dead bolt. Would mean bolt, no jingling open the door. Would mean it can't crack. And if you could crack it open enough to see that, you could get something leveraged in there Me. to rip them off. So I feel like, yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. What? Maybe he must have noticed it last night and thought, that's not important. <laughs> yeah. Should have thought about that on the way in while I was trying to rescue Thomas. Yeah, I don't know. Just, again, one of those things that's not... Mm. I don't think about that when I ran it. Yeah, makes you wonder. So Thomas actually does manage to enter the room before Harry blasts any holes anywhere and draws more attention, which is for the best. Mm. Is it, though? Yes, because Thomas has brought him clothes, which is very nice. Is it, though? <laughs> no, he can get dressed and be clean. Yeah. He didn't seem so happy to see Thomas, though. Not Why? I know, because like They're you friends. say, Thomas is like, here, I brought you. And he's like, how's Justine? Hmm? 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 Couldn't it hurt him more if he'd like kick him in the face. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I'm still angry. Should have yeah. let him get rid of some of that energy in the drywall, Thomas. Right? Yeah, you might have been better off if you let him smash through a few walls first. And so, of course, Thomas has nothing to say. Well, so Harry, Harry's all like, yeah, that's what I thought, bitch. Move. Harry's like, I'm gonna go clean up at home. I don't want to be anywhere near you guys. I'm disgusted by you all. This is such bullshit. And Thomas is like, <laughs> it's quite the tantrum, really. <laughs> totally. <laughs> just a child. Bitch, I'm taking my toys and going home. But partially justified, too, considering, you know, I'm like, again, this is a little bit worse than just like, you ate all the bagels at breakfast and didn't leave me any. You fucking killed someone. Someone that I knew and was sort of friends with and someone that was really important to you and you claimed to love and you just ate them all up. 
But yeah, but huh. Thomas is all like, I tried, I tried to stop. I didn't want you. Didn't wanna. Also, the black vampires are still running out there, so you should maybe stay here while you've still got 24 hours of protection. Thomas is also very honest about his, and, and like he does say in this passage, how he's always been on, honest about what he is and what yeah. his relationship is. And again, I feel total justification. This is totally him trying to rationalize and and make himself feel better. Totally. Right, because yeah, he's like, I never pretended to be anything I wasn't. But at the same time, it's like, you know, because literally the sentence before, you were like, I tried to stop. I didn't want to do it, you know? I mean, the mere fact that Thomas was unwilling to give up his food to Bianca. Well, you know, this whole rivalry between him and Bianca is because they both thought she was such a prize and they both wanted her, but Thomas won Justine. If Justine really didn't matter that much, and there's a certain... Yeah, he totally would have sold her out to save his own ass from that right? party. And yeah, certainly you can have an air of just like, oh, you wanted it, but I got it first. Sucks to be you. That kind of rivalry. Yeah. But when it started to be a threat to his life, you think then if it was just food, it'd be like, damn, like, I didn't Jesus, feel you but, wanted that bad yeah. guy. Yeah, like, means that much, you just take it. Right? Yeah. So we know that Thomas obviously has big feelings for Justine. Yeah. Which again, still okay that I sacrificed your girlfriend to save mine. Believe that because, you know, Susan's not like dead dead. It's fair now. <laughs> they both lost their girlfriends now. Yeah, now. but <laughs> Now they're on even footing again, okay? Yeah, so tries to exactly. Tries to be like, I never claimed to be anything different than a predator. I never told you anything different. I never told her anything different. She knew she was food. And it's like, mm-hmm. And then Harry's got to twist the knife just a tiny bit more and being like, oh, yeah? Well, just before she went to you, she, you know what she told me to tell you? That she loved you. How does that feel? How do you like that? No. Mm-hmm. Bye. And stops that. He's yeah. a dick. He's, yeah. <laughs> Being really hard. And then, and then Thomas is like, okay, but wait, I need to talk to you. Yeah, make an appointment. Goes to storm out. Like, okay, like, the vamps are still going to be around. It's not done yet. Stick around or whatever, right? And he's like, do you mind if I tell you a few things? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> and yeah, that's the point where exactly he stomps out, starts slamming doors up and down the hall to this room and that room and that. And then he's like, okay, maybe now I'm being a little bit childish. <laughs> Eventually decides he'll take a shower and see if that helps fall down. Oh, a broiling shower. That is one thing, you know, I may envy a lot of things about Harry's life. His cool black duster, his, his, you know, phenomenal cosmic powers, even with his itty bitty living space. Cold showers is not one of the things I envy in his life. I, that's the one for me. I can feel the really fear. This, I would feel like it was a special day for me. The premonition of just getting a hot Now it makes sense. That might have clicked for me. Wait. As someone who cannot create their own body heat and yes. literally goes home and turns on a space heater and a heated blanket and like sweatpants and in sock July every day of the year, I yeah. would not, could not, could not deal for with our the next cold Patreon shower. drive. Please send Jessica some blood. <laughs> yeah, please, <laughs> please, desperately. She is not a vampire. I repeat, she is not a vampire. I don't know. She keeps telling me they haven't diagnosed what's wrong with her. All I know is she's really pale. <laughs> so no onions on the burger. <laughs> Wait, that's garlic. Fuck, onions are still okay. <laughs> no garlic. No in my wonder. Pasta. That's why she's. She's like I've been screwing it up this whole time. I keep consuming garlic and not onions, and wondering why I feel like crap. I just thought I took hot showers, but it turns out I take cold showers and didn't know. Like, feels hot. Depend. Yeah, some people. You're hot. No way. Others. I'm like second degree burns every time I take a shower. Ugh. Don't like, don't like at all. And then being forced to rely on just a wood burning fire to get warm too. Yeah. That's not an efficient way of warming up. You can't control the flame. You can can never be living off the grid ever. You just never choose that life. I would never choose that anyways. (laughs) I'll die without the internet. I don't care. People say all the time like, oh, you millennials are so, yeah, I am. 
My phone is everything on it. I've never, I could exist without anything else. All emails and phones and Facebook and books and TV, it's all on my phone. I need it desperately. It's fair. And then, you know, a thousand outlets to plug in my thousand heated blankets. Nice. Yeah, that too. That'll be the next thing when your phone can start actually laying like, <laughs> Older phones can do that, you know. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> use them straight for an hour. Jessica <laughs> has never returned any of her old phones. That's why she hates the new, like, like turn it in for cash program. She's like, no, all of these old phones are what's lining. Yeah, they heat me up. The, <laughs> the modern, like, They're like that hot brick in the Yeah, I <laughs> said all plugged in under that first thin layer of, of mattress there. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently Thomas has given Harry jeans and an, enor- an enormous orange and blue Hawaiian shirt to wear. <laughs> I love this imagery of him wearing this shirt. Eventually, it takes him a really long time before he's willing to wear this. If Harry doesn't wear one goofy outfit, a book, it's not the what, Dresden Files. What? Yeah. What is Thomas doing with a Hawaiian shirt in the first place is when I'm like, okay. why? Would you wear that, Thomas? <laughs> Someone they ate wore it. <laughs> this, yeah, I was going to say, I think they make that point where he's like, there wasn't any underwear included, which I was grateful for because I didn't want to wear hand-me-down underwear. I think these are all exactly kind of like all that weird laundry Bianca had in her place. Right. <laughs> you know, his yellow ducky boxers and things like that. These are just... Although, kind of makes the you last time the 76 room was used, this shirt was. <laughs> <laughs> the height of Very fashion. Trendy. What makes you wonder, I get you guys all have these big giant rich mansions, but is this like some kind of weird trophy thing? Or are you guys just weird hoarders? Like, why do you have all of these clothes? You keep it from every single person you... I agree. That would be like having every McDonald's wrapper you've ever, like, do you not throw in, you know? Or or is this the equivalent of my oldest brother's candy wrapper collection? Which may still exist for all I know. I swear he's quirky, but he's... Okay, but he was the one also that can't, you know, don't like rip the wrapping paper off he was the one you'd be like can you just fucking open your present art because you'd have to meticulously and carefully unwrap and keep all of his wrapping paper like pristine and like i mean half of it i think was to piss us off but then he would Obviously. then like fold it neatly but know, he did he had like, a, like i don't know when or a, how this a string st- of mental health things going on in your family <laughs> both of you have we not discussed this in like <laughs> virtually every episode it was news to you <laughs> what are you like harry you're suddenly just realizing that you're famous like yeah our family has problems a lot of them and this particular brother I, out of it Oh, shut up. You keep trying, but you're fooling nobody. Excuse me. They just keep every single piece of clothing. Yes, you would think that rich people would just have more of the gap just ready to go in all their cupboards. Just a lot of generic jeans and sweaters and be done with it. Not all these random assortments that people have just worn into their building and never worn out again. I guess, but it just, it's, it's, it's. It's not so much that, it's just, again, like, how much? Like, again, you've got stuff that it just feels like... Right, but those celebrity house tour videos or whatever, right? And, like, they don't read those books. They hired somebody to come in and make an artful display of books in their house, right? They didn't buy those clothes or those furniture. They just hired an interior decorator to be like, yeah, here's (laughs) some blue and some green and some red. Now you're done. You'd think that's what these rich vampires would do as well. Having this weird kooky clothing is just weird. Okay, but... But Thomas basically was like, oh, this guy's like 40 feet in the air. Let me find the largest shirt I can find. Yeah, but I was going to say, they're not keeping... They're going to dress themselves for themselves, and they're not expecting most of their food to leave all that often. I mean, yeah, maybe but they, they should take... have stylish clothes for themselves, is what Yeah, I'm but that's saying. what I mean. They're going to have their own stuff that fits them and that they like. We've seen Thomas's fashion sense. But just of all the random things he could keep, he managed to keep this hideous Hawaiian shirt and not... So, I don't know. 
Like, he knew at some point Harry was going to be over. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to give it away. He saw it at Walmart was like, I'm going to buy this right now. <laughs> so that when Harry comes to my house one day, he's ready. <laughs> Even if he didn't come all bloodied and beat up, he's like, I'm just going to steal his clothes and hide them on him. And then, <laughs> yeah. So while, while Dresden is getting ready, he's surprised to see Inari standing behind him. She's holding the puppy. It's the... <laughs> Because apparently the, the little vampire detector was running around and being disruptive. <laughs> yeah, poor little thing had been going off anyways. Anari once again has found the puppy. I didn't, but her eyes are oddly and unnervingly distant for some reason. And I'm blind. And she's kind of being a creep. I'm being a creep. Oh, I never noticed you had such nice muscles. <laughs> Harry noticed when he met Lord Wraith that his eyes were wrong. And now Anari's starting to bleed into that territory, too. I don't think that's the same thing, though, because he's already been around Thomas. He knows Thomas's eyes shift with, and the whole thing with Lara, her eyes were shifting back and forth between. So I don't think that's it, because that comment when they're walking and he's like, oh, yeah, he seems really pleasant. or she's But the eyes are hard. Yeah, but though that was it. He says whatever, and Lara's like, yeah, he was really quite pleasant. He's like, except the eyes. She's like, oh, you noticed that. I don't think it has anything to do with the same shifting that Anari's are doing. No, but I think it is still a family trait of the race. Their eyes are expressive they're very much a part of the whole predator hunger yeah i guess you. I, just, I just feel this is the more obvious because their eyes are like the bleaching out i guess more just like you say the vampire thing as opposed to the personality stuff scheming but yeah her eyes are going all blank and pale she's come to thank harry for saving her life which is fair he did Eventually. After you bonked him in the head. Yeah. After I thought you were trying to kill me first. Although he sort of almost kind of did, because he didn't know it was her. He did try to shoot her. He did, yeah. But then, Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made, so. I guess they're kind of even on that score. I tried to shoot at you, you smacked me over the head and broke my blasting rod, and then we all figured out, oh, we're on the same team, let's save each other. Seems like most of the house hasn't slept at this point, because before Lord Wraith left, he told Thomas and Laura to report to him at dawn. And if the black vampires are still a problem, then it's clearly not dawn yet. So most of the householders was like, do all of our stuff, continue with our night. Harry's only been asleep for who knows how many hours. Well, he says a few hours, because I think he says it after midnight, but before dawn. Mm -hmm. But this is also somewhere around October. Yeah, he says there's light coming into the room from beneath a curtain, but it wasn't enough to see more than vague outlines. That was when he woke up in Thomas's room, so it's starting to lighten up, but maybe not quite full. And he said something like he had a few hours of sleep or something, because then he's going to cut out. So they probably all did a little bit, because he probably passed out after sucking Justine dry. And again, I feel like aside from the eating, Thomas probably would need like a little bit of sleep to bounce back. It still can't have been, you know, a full night's rest for anyone. No, it's definitely not been like a full. Everyone's feeling it. They've all been sort of hurt in some fashion. Yeah. Uh. Harry starts getting these thoughts, having <laughs> ideas. Ideas that I'm sure are quite common in this house. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly, Harry finds himself in Anari's embrace and unable to fight off the advances. Some extremely vivid images turn well, into some extremely vivid kissing. Yeah, kind of tries. I mean, for a bit, he's sort of like, this is bad, this is wrong, I shouldn't. But yeah, Th- those thoughts just stay thoughts. <laughs> Does not manage. <clears throat> and it keeps going on until suddenly she's burnt by something and is sh- kind of shocked back to reality. Thomas comes in and consoles her as she starts to freak out. So, right. They're kissing and then suddenly she gets burned. Yeah. But kissing for a while? This is right. That's the part that's weird to me. Shouldn't the burn have happened immediately? It, it seems to have taken a while for it to kick in. 
because you're right. They do a little kissing, and then they get some more like hot and heavy kissing, and then she's moving down the kisses all along like his neck and chest, and then suddenly she's, oh, wait, shit. Well, maybe she doesn't start feeding quite right away, and she just, that's when she starts initializing it, and then, Maybe, yeah, the vampire is still trying to Uh, work its way into her. She's new. Maybe, yeah. She's never done this, not fully awakened yet. I could buy that. I could buy that, because I was, yeah, this should have been initial. So, yeah, Laura had to just pick up the wrong wedding ring, and it, you know, so that was always my thing, too. I was like, how did she, but that theory might be that, that, that the hunger, the demon is just awakening. Yeah, it didn't come up right away, so it was just kind of like regular human, and then, yeah, when it started to, that. When it becomes more one in the same. When that came to the surface, that's when it was obviously, so, okay, all right, I'll buy that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I had the same question. I was like. There's still kind of two entities. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's more the first feeding where the bonding happens, the binding. The binding, bonding. Since it has not happened, there is, yeah, like you said, a little bit of two entities. And and at first thought, I thought she'd like burnt herself on his. his, Amulet? Yeah. Right. So Thomas enters the scene and basically gives us the rundown that vampires cannot feed on people who are in love. Love will save the day. Right. Meanwhile, his little puppy has been growling the whole time. <laughs> Harry's like, wow, pretty. I shouldn't do this, but wow, pretty. And the dog is like, uh, excuse me, excuse hello. me, hello, dude, dude. <laughs> Hard to get attention when you're small and Ugh, in like, Right? It's Just because I'm a puppy, nobody listens to me. Doesn't mean I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, That's why Clifford decided to grow 400 feet taller. Also because of love. Also because of love. <laughs> point, yeah. The Grinch and Clifford, man. When good thing Harry doesn't love this dog. Well, and they also he also like gives a, a bit of a history on the, their family dynamics, which is just an awful. There's a lot here in this chapter. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sends sends Inari off because she's all, "What the fuck is happening again?" Everything in the last 24 to 48 hours for this poor girl. Top <laughs> 12 hours. <laughs> 12 hours, whatever it's been. Yeah, but but yeah, Thomas is like, just just go to my room and go go sleep in there. Go she's away, like, Inari. Okay. Just go away. Yeah, and now he can because again, he's not allowed to tell her any of this stuff. Right. So, so Thomas like explains why, how he can still save her. Yeah. Because if she falls in love and is loved back, the power of love. The yeah. the, the stakes and holy water of the white court is as follows. <laughs> Essentially speaking, because they are feeding off of the life force, life force, psychic energy, love, as Thomas puts it, but really just emotion. Having sex creates a new soul. The, the power, the act of creating a baby creates a soul, and that is the whole big thing that the vampires are trying to feed off of. However, when it's touched by love, it's too pure for them. It's not tainted enough. They can't steal it for themselves, essentially. Yeah, it is outside of their... They more feel it off lust than anything. Their their garlic and holy water is exactly... This is the one thing that is anathema to them because exactly they're going to... Again, lure you in with with because again, the rational mind can be blah 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 blah. But you get somebody's lust and hormones and whatever, right? But exactly, if you're in love with somebody, that's the whole point. Is like you can't be tempted to those things. You can't be unfaithful. You can't be yeah. So exactly, all those things that they would normally use to manipulate you and draw you in don't work. So learning about that love is toxic to white court vampires. Like my first question is, is how the hell did Thomas able was able to even feed off of Justine because she loves him? Like right? wouldn't that be Already a poison to him. So like, you, oh, you love me. Fuck. I gotta go. Partially is that it has to be loved and love in return. It's not enough for just Justine to love Thomas. Thomas has to love Justine. And we will learn later in the books there are consequences. Yeah. 
Which I haven't read on to yet. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, so we can't. I can't really tell you because... Uh, no, yeah. It's, think... all, it's all good. I, I know there's going to be some kind of resolution okay. here. Because I do know there's going to be a spoiler. Like, <laughs> well, yes. There's parts that I do kind of remember. And, you know. <laughs> some big unanswered questions <laughs> right. still to this day. I'm like, oh, yeah. But yeah, to kind of just back up to that initial sort of is it does raise a very interesting point of what the fuck is going on with Justine and Thomas's relationship, right? And is it just an outside? Because I, I think I it's hard to really remember back to when I first, but again, right? You're like, well, is this just because Harry is protected by a different love with someone else? But is it because like Thomas and Justine love each other? So it's part and parcel of the whole but if either one of them, like, if well, it gives the had- impression that white vampires cannot love at all, completely incapable of it, because as you said, that's that's the anathema to them. Too toxic. They can't participate in it at all. But it, I don't know. And then on top of that, curiouser and curiouser. we get the Wraith family dynamics in which... Which is so gross. So gross. So it is basically the policy that none of Wraith's children are allowed to know that they're vampires until the first time they have sex and the vampire comes out and... They kill their lover. Mm-hmm. At which wow. point it's too late for them. Talk about your first crush gone bad, right? So let's just start the mental little fuck up right right off the bat. They're supposed to be raised as though everything is normal and fine. They've got zero idea about the supernatural. They don't know that their family is one of the most powerful families. No idea that my big sister is my 300-year-old big sister. Has no clue. (laughs) And that puts a huge target on the Wraith children because if you are going around not knowing that vampires exist, but vampires know you exist. Oh, like, I don't know, last night, say? Oh, gee, we've got three of the whites here. And Ari's like, say what? And it just seems that Lord Wraith is, well, if you don't live that long, then I didn't want you anyways. Well, um, yeah, no, no. I Again, you know, offspring in the wild. Once you, you know, the fish spawn, and by the time those eggs hatch, those fish are a million miles away. And it's like, as soon as that hatches, you're, you're the turtles, you know, it's like they mama turtles come and lay their eggs and then they leave. Something and whichever of you make it off the beach, good luck, you maybe made it. If not, oh well, right? And yeah, exactly like that. He's like, no. For all, he makes it sound like he loves his kid and it's all about family. But yeah, he's literally like, well, if you can't figure this shit out for your own without being told anything about anything, then you deserve to die. It's pretty harsh because it's like you exactly set them up against enemies they don't know that they have. I think it's kind of a, a manipulation, though. Like, it ensures, well, yeah. Like, like, it ensures that they become the vampire side by not telling them because they they're, no way, they're, yeah. they're not going into their, they're, 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 they're coming of age. They've got hormones going on. And then this extra, like, desire that they can't control. It's going to happen they're, they're no not matter thinking, what. They're not thinking, oh, I need to fall in love first. Exactly. Yeah. yeah Got to no. hold back for marriage. No. Yeah, no. Everything. They're, that's they're, the thing is yeah. everything about their lives is complete and total manipulation. Uh, just set up to fail in that regard. Well, on top of that, that once they've done that first kill and they're already freaked out and hurt from that experience, that's when Wraith moves in and does his own hands-on. Psychic bullying. Exactly. And, and essentially you come to find out that he controls his children by basically... Yeah, mentally, physically, he just rapes the crap out of all of them. Which we get into next chapter. So essentially between this whole... Uh, dad basically was trying to break the 24 hours protection by sending Anari after you because oops how was she supposed to know she didn't even know she was a vampire she, she didn't was just know attracted I to her savior her. she was just a young one that couldn't control herself yeah. no one could have said yeah that this is when Harry decides to start forgiving Thomas a little bit because oh you're all a little bit fucked up <laughs> and then you get the added on part here when Harry's like you know 
both Laura and your dad knew that Jussie was here waiting for you, and they purposely did not send that scullery maid to your room. Yeah. Or whatever random brothel harem thing you guys were suggesting last episode. That even if they had one, they still purposely chose the For room that had reason, Justine. They need they want they wanted Justine out of the picture. Which again makes complete sense for the vampires. Thomas is way too attached to his food. Yeah. Let's get over this. Right? It would ensure that he doesn't have a regular food supply as he as he normally does. Yes and no. If she's I, gone, he has to work a little bit harder because he doesn't have somebody that's always there for, at his needs. That makes sense, but a normal vampire shouldn't need to have a regular supply. You can go out and get anyone you want easily. That's the whole point of being able to just, you know, the sinning, tempt anyone Lure to the dark side. That, yeah. He prefers Justine, but he certainly can sleep with other people and get life force from them too. Justine is just his favorite. Air quote, air quote. <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't think it'd be that difficult. If Thomas really was starving, he could easily go out and get anyone he wanted. Yeah. And they talk to you like it doesn't always have to be a big same thing. Somewhere, somehow, they talk about, you know, snacking or taking a little bit or, you know what I mean? Any so, like, emotional transference. Yeah, right. So, I mean, like, again, even if he's just having a chit chat with somebody or whatever, they can always take like the teeniest amount here or there. I suppose it'd be the equivalent of popping a handful of chips or something like that. Like, it's not really sustaining you and it's not really, but it'll take the edge off or keep you going or whatever, right? But yeah, and then they cover the whole, well, you know, with, as, as, because yeah, because Harry starts trying to, ask more questions about what exactly went on with Inari there and how the whole, right? And as Thomas is trying to explain it, you know, and he's like, I don't want to get too personal, you know, but he's like, but who was the last person you were with? Or he's like, you, during this walk? There's an idiot. <laughs> and Thomas is like, yeah, no, like, the biblical sense? <laughs> so yeah, and then we find out his students. So it's kind of interesting that it's like, even after all this time, because... Earlier was at the start of book four that Susan had been gone for like a year already at that point, right? So it's like a couple of years or a year and a half. It's been 18 months since the end of the last book. At 18 months, that exactly. It's it has still. been about 18 months since Harry was last with anyone who was Susan. Who was Susan. Who but he was in love with. And apparently, yeah, still in love enough with each other and reciprocal enough. Which at least has got to make Harry feel the teensy is spit good that way. That even Susan though, still loves Exactly, right? Even if he had any doubt, even though like she you know, didn't want or wouldn't marry him or wouldn't stay around, right? To you know. Now at least you can be like, okay, well, she really didn't have a thing for Martin. <laughs> she obviously still really loved me and I still really loved her because I suddenly have this magical love protection. And on top of Thank Harry God. not going after some sort of rebound just to try and get over it too, is that yeah. that protection still manages to be strong enough to be laid on his soul or body or however that, that works. works. That works. Yeah, it's it still exactly hasn't just faded away or disappeared. So in part, Susan rejecting him has actually made him more susceptible to the white court now because... You know, the longer that love gets frayed and starts to fade away and goes neutral and he's not falling in love anywhere else. He's inert. Yeah. He's going to become... Less protected. More susceptible to them. And if he keeps working with them, that's going to be a problem, boy. Mm, right. Thanks a lot, Susan. Except he just wants to get this over. He wants nothing more to do with these white fuckers. He's like, <laughs> forget this shit. I'm out, 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 out. But yeah, so discover that that's where he still got his his things and this whole mingling of life force and blah, blah, blah. And if Thomas wasn't enough of a hippie already in his 70s room and his 70s <laughs> outfits he's got laying around and he's got all this thoughts on love and intimacy and... Dinosaurs. If, yes. <laughs> love killed the dinosaurs, man. Pretty sure that was what? a meteor. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, because mammals have gushy-gushy, fuzzy feelings. They'll do anything to save something they love. They protect their offspring. Lizards don't give a shit about anybody. They just now this spawn and move on. whole thing Thomas goes into is totally... It is is a real theory that has gone around about how love does make or break evolution in the chain of why humans got to be on top, right? That's a whole, that's not just Thomas or Butcher talking shit. That's a real theory that's out there. Part of what made human be the number one is that we were willing to take care of each other when we got hurt and sick. The rather than just thing. abandoning each other. We were like, oh, you need to be in this one spot healing for two weeks. We'll bring you food while you sit here. We'll protect you from yeah, dangers that, that come while that you whole, sit here. The first sign of civilization was not like groupings of people, but like the first healed mended, femur. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fair enough. I guess I could see where Thomas is coming about how... There was no, no way, whatever he says, dinosaurs and lizards and things were going to get in there. But uh, I question about whether or not he's putting vampires on the lizard side or the mammal side then. Because in this scenario, vampires would have to be the lizard side of things because they have to be incapable of love or it will kill them. They have to stay away from it. They can't participate in it. And yet, as we'll clearly see, the vampires are totally big on, they get into relationships and they get married and they have favorite foods and, and they fight over lovers or... But is it all by. superficial? Maybe so, but it still seems to be a little bit more... A nature versus nurture, how much of this is a Lord Wraith trying to like beat, you know... It's hard to say, it just Kindness seems... and love out of them anyway? Maybe there's some of that too, yeah. He's just gonna make sure his children are incapable of love one way or the other. Yeah, right. Clearly they are capable of love because the whole reason that Thomas wants Harry's help is that if a Nari can fall in love and her first time is with someone who she loves and who loves her back, the vampire will not work. Kill that fledgling hunger before it can develop, take root. And then she's free. Not free if she stays with Bobby for the rest of her life, but just free at all. Just as long as the very first time is with someone who you love and loves you in return. Yeah, even if you eventually move on and grow away from that. That little parasitic have, companion will never sink its closet. You've that in the first place and yeah, prevented that from ever. And that's a crazy idea that that is just all it takes to no one's really falling in love at 16 or whatever the fuck. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. I don't know how fucking old Nanari is. I think at least like 19-ish or something because Lara does say that she's old enough to act. Mm-hmm. Not that she should, but yeah, so I, I, and Harry Pegzer is looking like 19-ish, so I think. Obviously, that's a little young for falling in love. For true love, True love. But again, for her. But not impossible. Yeah, but for her concept and idea of it, and for Bobby's concept and idea of it, exactly. Right, yeah, we all look back and be like, okay, did we really love our, but when we were 16 and had that first boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, we totally thought we were in love and we totally thought we'd do anything for them and truth is your own perception and whatever, 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 so yes. And then, obviously, the Bible quote, love is patient, love is kind, love always forgives, trusts, supports, and endures. Love never fails. When every star in the heavens grows cold and when silence lies once more in the face of the deep, three things will endure, faith, hope, and love. The three swords of the cross, three pertinent ideas in the Bible, and apparently something that Lord Wraith has the kids remember <laughs> forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's their, like, boogeyman. That's their pocket full of posies. Yeah. <laughs> it's really just a rhyme about death. Yeah, exactly, you know. But yeah, whatever little things we tell our kids to not. But how do you explain to the children, memorize this Bible verse for the rest of your life before they know about vampires and that love will always kill them? Because essentially, if they're being, t- they have to, like, 
memorize this as children, then that means Inari's already got this memorized too, and she just thinks her dad is obsessed with the Bible. It's just like, oh, I didn't no, want just to memorize this one. Oh, but see, but this is where more of that manipulation and 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 twisting and everything, because exactly, you can be taught and think like, oh, wow, my family, like, family is everything. Love will overcome everything. Our family sticks together through thick and thin. Love is the most important thing, right? Yeah, and then you suddenly... F- up where we belong. I, like, I, yeah, Moulin right. Rouge is just invading my head this whole episode. I love Moulin Rouge. So <laughs> many okay. songs that... Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. But no, it's no, like, no. Everything you guys are saying is like, ah! Trust me, there's already been like a million if I knew better lyrics or how to sing, I'm sure I would have gone off a hundred times by now too. But yeah, exactly, that you get all this and then you like that first time that you think you're just like, oh, da, 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 da. And, even, and then you've killed somebody and then whatever and then you discover like this deeper, I mean, literally it is like finding out like as a kid your whole life, you go like ring around the rosy pocket full of posies and you think it's this fun little game and it's so cool and then eventually you reach a point in your, you know, teens or adult where somebody's like, yeah, you know this about the Black Plague and everybody dying and you suddenly go, what the fuck? It's, it's like exactly like that. I always thought it meant this, or I never really thought about what it meant. And all of a sudden you find out that, and it just like flips your whole, what? That's so messed up. And yeah, I've been misreading this forever. Yeah, and I think again, that's literally, because yeah, we're not going to tell our kids. We're like, yeah, they're goofy little rhymes that it's fun to sing. You do a little dance and they, everybody has. Childhood ruined. Yeah, until eventually that day when you discover that like nothing from your childhood is as what you thought. Santa and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and all kinds of whatever, right? So yeah, I think that is totally that. They can just read it as whatever now. So Dresden asks Thomas what he wanted to talk about. And Thomas tells Harry his father paints portraits of the women who bear him children and suggests that maybe he should take a look at them. Yeah, we should, we should it's go part of your investigation. Let's go look at all these pictures. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, what am I looking for? Just look. So right here, the first portrait was of a tall woman in a Mediterranean coloring dressed in clothes that suggested she had lived in the 16th or 17th century. Yes, Miss Timeline. Uh, as we go through the rest of this chapter, I did the math and found He's out thinking. that Wraith has only had 16 children. Maximum. Only. For a vampire that's lived for like hundreds to thousands of years... And as we already know, a man could basically have infinite amount of children every day for his entire adult life. That seems like a really low number. I guess. When you're going around and your whole thing is like sex mojo all over the place and you've got only 16 kids, that seems an incredibly low number to me. Well, doesn't even mention it in there. Like, I Wraith had done comparatively little begetting. Yes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Right. That, that's actually like, I find that to be quite strange for king of the sex vampires to have okay. maximum 16 children. And we really only know about seven of them. But I guess, but okay, so here's the thing. I mean, yeah, if you're going to live for a thousand years, do you want like 6,000 children? I mean, there's that, you know what I mean? Like, again, and for the time that he takes, like, again, if you've got all this time and whatever, you don't need to rush around having all kinds of... And then as we learn further about his family, I mean, again, he's all about manipulation and control. How is he going to control 6,000 kids? There's no way he's going to retain power over that. He keeps a select few that he can keep under his... Because that's Laura's whole point with Thomas. He's keeping power over all of the white court vampires. Who cares if half of them are his kids? Yeah, but again, I think there's a difference between... Like, again, it's harder to hide the shit that goes on in your own 
you know what I mean? Like familiarity breeds contempt and all that kind of stuff, right? They don't know, right? They've got stories and rumors. So same thing, you know? It affords them a measure of control. I do get that. And yeah, I, the and other factions are just going to be like, I don't know exactly what he can do to me, the right? The less race there are, the less people can marry into our family or whatever bullshit too sort of thing. I just still feel like 16 is an incredibly low number, especially because, and I don't think this is a big spoiler, as we go to find out that Wraith generally kills his sons and only keeps the daughters around because he doesn't want to sleep with the sons and mind control them, but he's totally okay to do it to the daughters. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't go that way. He's not as into the boys, so, but yeah. And he doesn't want any boys to overthrow him, and the girls would never even bother to try because he mind manipulates and controls them all down. He's got low motility. Well, I mean, right? Makes you wonder, does he have complete control over that? Or does he have, you know, again, is he just got to be like with all of their draining life power, you know, does he have control over whether or not he's fertile at the time when he, you know, or or is it just, again, he's had to be really careful for like, or 500 years. he just doesn't years. care. Supernatural condom. Or maybe he just okay. has killed all but 16 women long or, enough for them to get pregnant. Well, that's you. So, okay, so let's go oh, back. So, so 16. Ooh, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. You say 16th or 17th. So, okay, so let's even say 16th and we're now in the 21st. So that's five centuries, if I am correct. So I don't know that he's lived thousands of years. I'll say probably 500-ish, maybe 600-ish because, I mean, I guess he could have been hanging around for four or five hundred years without but yeah we don't know exactly we don't know exactly but i would say again probably whatever if he came into power started having so we'll say he's 500 ish years old or something like that then even then you know i mean that's a couple kids every century or whatever that's i don't know like (laughs) yes it's not i don't know some humans manage to have 20 in one lifetime (laughs) they they sure do but if they had multiple lifetimes, they wouldn't need to necessarily have them all at once all or all at once, quickly, or, you know what I mean? Like, would you spread it out more, would you? And yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, but yes, again, yes. comparatively little, little, all in all. But yes, it, no no within, two portraits happen within 20 or 30 years of each other. So, he's, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like out. two to three kids a century. Yeah. More or less, which again would kind of tell you, I guess, if Thomas is... See, that one's kind of close together then, right? Because if Thomas is like 30-ish and Anari is like 19-ish, that's only 10 years. That's not 20 or 30. Crazy jump. He like suddenly went boom and was like... Had had some things he had to go test. (laughs) The next to last portrait was of a woman with dark hair, dark eyes, sharp features. Not precisely pretty, but definitely attractive in a striking, intriguing sense. And suddenly his heart starts pounding just so happens it's labeled Margaret Gwendolyn Le Fay. I recognized her. I had only one picture to remember her by, but I recognized her. Boom. Mic drop. Lord Wraith had a child with Margaret Le Fay. Harry's mother. What? <laughs> Not your mother, Harry. Just And shows him the silver pentacle necklace identical to Harry's own. Reading this for the first time oh. was insane. Break. I freaked the fuck out. I had not seen it coming whatsoever. I was totally blindsided, just not ready for it at all. And I wish I could remember my... I don't remember specifically what I... Because I don't know that I, I did... You know, because it was like, as soon as he takes him in there, it's like, hey, well, you know there's something coming, you know, but I, I don't remember anymore if I had any clue. I'm not was, one of those readers who thinks ahead. Yeah, I really I don't. Do. I so rarely try to guess the ending of a book. It's got to be so obvious for me to get there. There's no there's no hinting at that, really, like as far as I could think of. Well, any 
anything, for any sort of movie or book, or and it's like, well, why would they even mention it? Why would they even go in this room? Like, why would they? Like, obviously, has to be a reason that it's yeah, happening here. Exactly. Right. But I don't try to figure it out. I'm like, whatever. I'm gonna get to that chapter, and the information will be revealed to me, and I'll just whatever. So I remember, like, I basically was on the last line here, where I was like. Oh my god, what the hell is going on? And I had to go back and reread it for a second, trying, not necessarily trying to look for the hints, but just trying to be like, I was just reading this chapter, not a person yeah. that was like not. about to have their mind blown. I've yeah. Gotta go back and. Yes, I do remember being, I yeah, I was like 16 the first time I sat down to read these for real, not just listening right. to the audiobooks that you had playing in the car and in the background, that but random wanting to read interval. for myself. Yeah. And that had definitely not stuck in my mind. I'd not been paying attention when that came up at audiobooks or yeah. anything, because I there's moments throughout the books where I'm like, yeah, I remember this. I remember mom mentioning that. I remember yeah, yeah. whatever. But this one for me, I was like, how can no one have mentioned this? This seems so relevant. <laughs> right. His father's a vampire. Right. And this is funny, because like I say, I remember way back, well, I feel like it was on the Buffy board because I didn't read a lot of other ones, but wherever it was or on his own site. And at the time he was like, oh, who would you like to see more of? You know, of like Murphy or like Leah or like Thomas. And it was like, oh man, like so many good choices, right? Cause it was like a love, because it was prior to this book, right? So we'd had, you know, book three and book five and stuff like that, right? And you're like, oh, Thomas is so much fun. I would love to, you know what I mean? So it's like things like that, that now I go back and I was like, did you give him a bigger, kind of like Spike. I was like, did you end up getting a bigger role because the fans reacted so well? Or had you all Always. So when you were like, yeah, when you were like, gee, who would you like to see more of? And everybody like picked anybody but Thomas, would you have been like, well, that's too bad because he's about to, you know? Like. It's interesting you said that because I remember during the year of Dresden in 2020 when they were building up to having peace talks come out and who knew Battleground was also going to come out. Right. He had a forum on his website that was asking, who would you like to see more short stories of too? And there was a poll in there. Yeah. But there wasn't three options. There was like 30. <laughs> it was like basically every side character that ever been in the series. I remember there were a lot of options to choose from. There was a lot of, from. yeah, I don't remember where you are, but yeah, it was but. kind of, yeah, interesting and funny. So yeah, I don't know, right? Like I, because I am the type of person, I am always sort of, whether I Yeah, you and my best friend ruin every movie and TV show I've ever seen ever. You're like, the nurse is the one who did it. And we're like in the first scene and I'm like, what the fuck? You can just tell though sometimes. But I don't try to. <laughs> I know, that's what I mean, is I don't always try, but yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm like, oh, I wish I remembered just how big a reveal this was for me at the time. Like if it was completely out of left field or it's like, I think there's going to be something, but not necessarily that. But I specifically own basically all of the books now that are within our family. I've got yeah. the vast majority of them are in my home, and I've got access to them all. I've taken all of mom's collection. I've got most of my sister's collection. Yeah. They're she, all she mine She very now. much lives by possession is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> yeah. So if you ask Jessica to come over and help you pack, don't have her pack anything you might want or that she might Oops, like. something's ended up in my car. I don't know if that get her to pack uh -huh. the, Get her to pack up like the tins. You mean this is an option? <laughs> I was going to say get her because you've got you've got a case. I was going to say get her to pack up like the tins of like, cat food. In the, but not even that. I'll get you to help out. me, but I'll like mislabel boxes. Be like, these are really important books. Yeah. <laughs> Why Je is this so light? Jessica unpacks and it's all like you're recycling from the past like three years. And you're all closed. Yeah. The point is, is that I do remember that certain of these books, I'd finish them at like 3 a.m. And I'd be like, 
Knock, 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 Mom. I'm coming into your room at 3 a.m. because I need the next book now. Yeah, yeah. You should have left this. You should have known I would have needed the next book immediately after finishing, okay? You should have known you were almost to the end and should have grabbed it first, but okay. I'm supposed to know at what point you're... <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, there was many times I had to go wake up Mom in the middle of the night because I was like, where do you keep book seven? Because my mom doesn't keep things in organized on a shelf. She's got like two books on this side table and four books under the bed and six books on the closet. I have been organized at one point at least. I, d I have lots of things organized at points, but again, not when you've stolen like half the collection and I'm trying to hide the other half to spare it from your clutches and or I'm reading this one and somebody's borrowed that. Like, Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> there is a method to the madness sometimes. <laughs> I have no objection to having books kept together on the shelf. However, the hype of this book was one of the ones that I was like, well, I'm not stopping here. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta yeah. keep going. But I do remember it is a little bit of the pros and cons. Because on the one hand, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What are the ramifications of this going to be? Oh my God, this is so cool. Like this opens the door to so many Harry Thomas possibilities. But at the same time, it also slams the door shut on a whole bunch of other like Harry Thomas possibilities too that are just like oh you right know, you're sad that, that they couldn't be lovers because now they're brothers. No shipping. Not, no shipping. Not, not necessarily. I was like, what are you talking about? What doors were slammed? Oh, all the people who shipped Thomas and Harry, those doors were instantly slammed. Yeah, for all, which is not doesn't necessarily matter. Fan fiction doesn't with. care. I know it really doesn't, yeah. and sometimes it's hard to. But, but even just, like, other things. Sure. He's a the sex brothers. vampire. It's Oh, fuck. There's so much. So I know. So much. Wincest. <laughs> yeah. No. So that sums up that chapter. Crazy. your mother. Really crazy, though. Really huge bombshell. Yeah. And I also remember being so sad because Harry's like, I've only ever had one photo of her. And the Wraith is like, here's a portrait we had done she of her. Like, it's hanging on the wall. It's so great. I've done it. Probably almost life size or what. And, and the other thing that's just like so much more annoying is that fucking Wraith paints them themselves. Not even like he has their portraits done. Like this motherfucker actually has like the skill and talent to do this as well. Gotta have a hobby. So, yeah, but it's like, wow, you've got this gorgeous painting of your mom when you've got, like, one other, but then, like, this asshole guy is, like, the one that drew it, and, ugh. Mixed emotions with everything. You just gotta taint everything, the wraith. It's just nothing can be just pure and, like, oh, you like that picture of your mom? Yeah, I painted it after I boned her. Like, you know, so you just can't. Ugh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oofed. Whew. I wonder what's gonna happen next chapter. Hmm. This concludes our chapter 12.14, Love Killed the Dinosaurs. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and macanollies.ca. There we have links to other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Find your buy it at your own risk.